Hey there, I'm Nikki Milne, high school dropout and ex-hairdresser and salon owner turned PR and marketing expert and founder of the Peth Collective PR Agency. The Passion to Profit podcast is a conversational business podcast with a focus on marketing and PR to help business owners scale successfully, acquire more customers, increase your profits and become that desired go-to brand in your industry. So open your notepad on your phone, get out your pens and paper. You don't want to miss any of the following tips, tricks, and strategies that you're about to experience on the Passion to Profit podcast. Let's get started. Welcome to the Passion to Profit show. Today, I am joined by one of my good friends and someone I greatly admire, Carmen, the skin fairy who I have been in contact with for probably the last seven years. And it's been an absolute joy to watch the growth and the challenges she has faced. And I know many people are going to be listening to this podcast with great interest because Carmen has a phenomenal story and I just can't wait to share it with everyone. So thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me, Nikki. Anything for you? <laughs> I know. And this was, Karma was not, as not one to, um, you know, share on podcasts and things like that very often. She is a little bit like me. We say no to most things. So it's just such an honor that you said yes. And I'm, I'm so excited because I feel I've heard you speak and I've heard you educate and you just have so much value and experience to share with everyone, whether you're from the beauty or skin clinic industry or not. What you say is so relevant to all business owners. Oh, that's so nice. I'm like, am I smiling? Am I crying? (laughs) (laughs) So let's take it back. Start with, tell me at the start, where did Carmen start? How did you get into beauty? And how did you end up in business? So I've been in the industry actually since I was 15. I've worked Thursday nights and Saturdays, uh, at a local beauty salon. I left there and went to beauty school when I was, uh, when I'd finished school, my parents made me finish school. Uh, Went to beauty school from there. I went and worked on cruise ships. I went to London to do my training. Uh, And then from there, I went to America for a year. And um, I came home from there and then was working in beauty again. And I was actually working in a bar at night because on the cruise ships, you work like 15 hour days, 16 hour days. So I came home, worked beauty in the day, uh, worked in a bar at night. I also did clients from home as well. And when I think back to it now, that was all my conditioning to business. Uh, you just don't realize it in the moment. Uh, from there, I, I always wanted to be my own boss and I always knew that I was going to have my own business probably because I just wanted to do things my way or that I thought I could do things better Uh, I worked in really hostile negative environments everyone has and I've worked in some really amazing environments as well but I always knew that I wanted to do that myself when I was working I wanted to study a little bit more as well so and find out why things were occurring within the skin and doing more of like a prescription base not just this is your fluffy treatment, come in and go. So went to study dermal and, um, yeah, over about seven, six or seven years, uh, I worked as a dermal therapist in a cosmetic medical practice uh, for a doctor and then, yeah, had the opportunity to go out on my own uh, and I did so. (laughs) Wow, amazing. And I think when I met you, you were at Chelsea Village. Yes. And that was actually the name of your business. But what was the name of the business that I originally started with? Yeah, so it was Chelsea Skin Clinic initially, but I had branded myself as the Skin Fairy on Instagram. Yeah. Uh, so there was a lot of like cross-marketing, cross-branding, um, which now obviously I know. Um, but I simply just changed my name on Instagram to the Skin Fairy because my client had called me her Skin Fairy in a text message. So She is still my very dear client today, Um, Kylie Radford. She is the founder and owner of Morrison, so the clothing company that's the Australian label. Uh, And she simply just said, you're my skin fairy in a text message, and that's how it came apart. And then I changed my Instagram to that name. So there was no magic light bulb of the name Skin Fairy. I didn't think anything into it. It was just that's what she called me, and that's what I changed it to. So I love that that has come from an authentic place yeah. and I wish there was a more amazing story, but it is an amazing story within itself. So it yeah. sure is. And I think I know that she's played a pivotal influence in you and your business growth. And, and maybe just share with us why, um, you know, having a mentor, how has that helped you in your business growth, having someone like her in your corner 
to go to and to support you over many, many years, um, you know, share with us about mentoring and how you find that as a business strength. I now being older would look at her as a mentor, whereas in the beginning, you know, she was a client and a friend. But, yeah, she's definitely been a mentor over the years. And I personally haven't worked with a one-on-one mentor until a couple of years ago. Um, And I've been with my, yeah, my mentor. I've never shared him on social media, never really spoken about him, but he has been a pivotal yeah, force in my life that has really changed a lot of things and really taught me about business and personal and professional development that I've done with him. But all my clients back in the day that are still with me today, they've all been my mentors of mothers, sisters. Uh, There's a core group of them. There's about 15. They're still my clients today. I met them when I was 21. Um, they've found me along the way and they're still with me today and I cherish the floor that they walk on and I never ever take for granted that they've been there with me from the very beginning because Skin Fairy is like a hype thing now and it's like a cool thing to come here and you know people are excited about it and honestly that makes me feel uncomfortable I mean it's really nice but it's shocking at times yeah something people strive for but yeah when you get there it's really nice But I never forget the OGs from the very beginning. You know, I loyalty is like a really huge value of mine um, and integrity. And I just, I I never take it for granted. And I just, being older now, I, I appreciate it so much. Absolutely. And I think that's it. Mentors come in many forms. There might be a client that's giving you advice. There could be someone you're paying, but there could be someone you're finding inspiration from and you're watching them grow a successful business and you take a little bit of their advice or mentoring and actually use that to further your knowledge or just ultimately give you confidence a lot of the time. I think a mentor can be great like that, but I just... I love how, um, you know, you're very open about that and the impact someone like Carly had on you probably in those early days right through to today. So what's your passion? What drives you as a business owner? There's so many things. I honestly am so excited by the results that we can get and really change someone's life. I really find inspiration from getting amazing results for clients it's still exciting to me I think if it stopped exciting me then that would be a huge issue um I just am so inspired that we can make such an impact on our clients lives and that people choose to come to us you know I really feel humbled by that uh I'm really inspired by my team you know they're really amazing dynamic you know different to me they think differently we all collaborate collaborate together and I I find a lot of inspiration in that I find a lot of inspiration in other business owners and uh, definitely people who now when I'm looking at things when people have like a lot of businesses multiple businesses um, because we do have two clinics now I always I want to know what systems they're using what they're doing what's their morning routine what are they eating when are they so I want to know like the details (laughs) I want to know, like, do they have their clothes ready to to go every day? Like, what socks are they wearing? Like, I'm not joking. I want to know, like, the finite little details. Yeah, I think that success really leaves clues. And I was taught that a long time ago. So I always ask a lot of questions and I'm just really inspired by other people. Yeah, and I love that. And that shines through, like, your strength is in people. I see it with the way you connect with people on Instagram. And if you're not following Skin Fairy on Instagram, please do because Carmen goes on daily and you talk about business and you talk about your team and you talk about what's happening in the clinic. And it's just so refreshing. It's like Carmen TV. And I, I love it. Reality series. <laughs> you know, we need to tell people the truth. Yeah. Uh, and people glitz and glamour things. And yes, I might use a filter when I'm posting sometimes, but the so most, the, biggest, the biggest impact that you make is, yeah, when you tell the truth, you know, the, the team, um, they're not trained to sell. They're not, you know, we're not sitting down with them every week, but, you know, this is your yes. target. And this is what, you know, we do things differently to what was done to me in the industry. And that's a point that I definitely want to make. And it's, it's number one, it's easy to treat people nicely and respect people. And I do what was done differently. What I didn't like, I do the opposite to that. And it has a great effect, but it's coming authentically from me as well. I think if you are a giver, you should give. Uh, If you are emotional, you should be emotional. You shouldn't change how you are or who you are. But I find that 
I honestly just tell the truth. I am totally myself. I don't, I have a lot more to say that I probably don't say. (laughs) That's good. But we just, we just give little bits here and there. Yeah. And I love that. (laughs) I love how open you are. And I think that's, you know, the industry's changed a lot. I mean, my background is hair and beauty. And I know doing my apprenticeship around 16, 17, I had a senior who would make me scrub the floors with a toothbrush and she would pick up the salon chairs and throw them at me. You know, it it was a really bad industry back there, I'd say in the late 90s. And, you know, I was the same. I was like, how could people do this to other staff members? And, you know, there's people like you that are leading the way in changing you know attitudes and I think very much in the hair and beauty industry it was hierarchy your senior staff versus your apprentice staff and you know I've been in your clinic I clinics multiple times and I've never ever seen you treat staff at different levels or you know everyone is very much treated equally which is just such a credit to you yeah and I I I care about the team and I think that you know you can always address everything with kindness and respect Uh, you know, I'm very firm and I'm very strict and everything that we do is very methodical and very planned. But I sit down with the girls and I care about what our team is doing inside and outside of work. And does that take a lot of effort? And is that tiring? Uh, Is that taxing? Yeah, it absolutely is. But we are in the business of people and I care about our people very much and they in turn look after the client. So that is very natural for me, but I don't uh, allow negative behaviour. I don't uh, put up with nonsense from from team and from clients as well. Like I don't want to be around that. I don't tolerate that. But you can always do everything with kindness and you can still be firm. But I do love people. I would say that I'm a social butterfly, but I would say now I'm probably more introverted because (laughs) (laughs) when you give yourself a lot and when you're out there a lot, you need a retreat. So I think for me over the last year, I've really learned that I need downtime, alone time and quiet time. I don't have fear of missing out. I say no to a lot of things. I'm happy at home. I don't need people to see what I'm doing, where I'm going. And I love watching people and especially on social media, I love seeing people's children and what they're doing, where they live, but I'm very private about that. And I think my privacy is like my protection. And also I don't really need to show everything. I just feel good within myself of what I'm doing. And it's a protection thing, I think. Yeah, and I'm totally the same. I don't put my children on social media. My private life is very much my private life. And I feel in many ways that's actually made me survive longer and stronger than many others that share every and each to their own. But for me, my children are private and one day they will get the decision whether they want to have a public life on social media. They didn't choose to have the public life that you and I have. It's, you know, and even my kids now will say to me, oh, don't put that on social media. And I'm like, how? I, I never would because I've never had that conversation with them. But I was like, how do they even know about that? And why are they so anxious about it before they even know anything about it? Which is concerning. Now, I have a special offer just for my podcast listeners for a limited time only. I want you to head to www.nikkimilne.com slash offer to discover my three-month offer for you that will help accelerate your business and amplify your growth. Now, I have been listening. You've been DMing and emailing me saying, how can I work with you? You might have a limited budget. You might not be sure of the direction you should be heading. Well, I created the ultimate product for you so you can work with me one-on-one for a very short period over three months to accelerate your business growth. So I know you're probably curious. Definitely go to www.nikkimilne.com slash offer and discover exactly what it is exclusive for my podcast listeners. I'd love to chat, so book in a discovery call with me and let's see how I can help you grow your business. Look forward to hearing from you. Becoming a mother for me has just been so transformational because if I didn't have my babies, I would be a workaholic times a million. They, for me, are my grounding of what's really important because I'm not skin fairy and I'm not Carmen McNamara to them. I'm mummy and, like, where's my dinner? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's really like I need them. I, I needed them in my life and I feel so grateful that we were able to have children and that and they're so gorgeous. I mean, I could post a million photos of them every day, but they are like my sacred 
little beings. And Skinberry as well is so well known in Perth that we'll go to the supermarket or we'll go somewhere and people know they'll say are you the skin fairy and oh is this your kids or you know I feel like I have to actually be on now in Perth um my husband will always be like oh my god do I need to wear shoes or can I wear socks and when I meet people I love when they're like oh I come to the clinic or like my friend goes there or I see your stuff on social media and again I think that it's like really humbling but I have no like drive to be like this is what I'm doing and like I like my private life as well. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's been a huge, um, you know, I think that's something we've shared a lot together that we are not people that our families are in the public eye. We're very much our businesses and us. And I always like to say on show as a business to promote my business, I'm representing my business. But then, you know, outside of that, I'm a mum, and that's what happens in my house is private. My children are private. So, you know, and I love that. And that's like you're saying, that is my protection and privacy and protecting those little people that we've created. So I think that's really important. So, I want to dive back into the Skin Fairy Clinics. What do you think has made you stand out in an incredibly saturated industry? There seems to be a beauty salon opening every second week. There seems to be a huge rise in skin clinics, but without doubt, you are the go-to brand in Western Australia. You lead the space on so many levels. What would you say has been, yeah, has been that pivotal thing that you've perhaps done or what the culture you've created around the brand that makes the skin fairy so trusted and so desirable? I mean, we invest a lot in training and education. I mean, we're spending hundreds of thousands of dollars a year. I'm not even joking. Like it's mega. And I think a lot of people probably say they do, but we really invest in education and really invest in our team and like in our people again it goes back to doing what was not done with me as a therapist probably working for other businesses and we tell the truth and I said this at an event that I did with you previously that we just set expectations and align the clients from the very beginning Uh, our training is very important in the clinic and yeah, we have a lot of systems and protocols that are set up now that allow the whole team to be functioning as one. So you might have a different therapist, but there's systems in place that that therapist will be doing what the next person does. So I don't really know because I don't know what other people and other clinics are doing. I'm very much focused on us and what we're doing. And it's a hard question to answer. Yeah. I think name is a huge thing. You know, it's a huge thing. It's, it's it's a multi-million dollar name. It's bigger than I ever expected. But again, we just are a niche. We just do skin. You know, we're not a hair salon. We're not selling clothes. We're not doing teeth whitening. We're not doing all oh, the IV people. They're stalking me. They're always emailing me. <laughs> That's not my passion. My passion yeah. is skin. So I've really stuck to that niche. And I would say for anyone that, yeah, you should hone in on that. Uh, when we opened our Mount Hawthorne clinic, my one of my family members was like, oh, there's like seven clinics in the vicinity of where you are. And I'm like, well, we're doing it the skin fairy way. There's there's clinics everywhere. People drive three hours to come and see us. They fly into state to see us. They drive past 50 salons, uh, 50 clinics to see us. Uh, and, yeah, I think we deliver exceptional service and results and we tell the truth. Yeah. And I think probably the other thing is, and coming from my background of having a hair salon where I went through so many staff, and this is a little bit of a left-centered question, but what would you say to someone that would be like, you know, I would be going to invest in someone in the salon to do training and then literally within like a month they've quit, left, fallen pregnant, God knows what else. Um, So, yeah, so I got really tainted because, you know, I was investing in these people and they were just leaving, whereas your team is long-term and maybe that comes back to recruiting. I know you spoke about before with me how you recruit and how you make sure they're the right fit, but I guess for someone with the kind of attitude or the experiences I had, what would your advice be in terms of being fearful for investing in people that potentially could leave your company? I mean, the age-old question is what you've just said and everyone always is afraid of it, but I give without expectations and you have to drop them very quickly and I would rather have highly trained therapists uh, that are motivated and successful within the clinic and outside of the clinic in their own personal life 
um, as well as opposed, sorry, to having people that are not trained and uh, not inspired. So regardless of who they are, when they come into Skin Fairy, they're on the same training protocol and involved in all of the training. And if they leave, hopefully they leave a better person. And I said this to my admin team today, my hope for everyone is that, yeah, they have an amazing experience at the Skin Fairy when they work with us for the chapter that they are with us. And when they leave, they're highly motivated, you know, successful, um, you know, happy people that have learnt a lot and, yeah, have, in, have enjoyed their time. But I train and I give without expectations. I just train because I want the best possible therapist to produce the best possible work and, yeah, look, if you're going to be in business, people are going to leave. You don't own people as well, you know. The people that – the businesses that I've worked for, like no one ever has to leave a company or a business in a bad way. Thank you so much for your time. Well done. Goodbye. Someone else will come along. And that's not come easy. I think that definitely comes with time. But I always want to be the change in the industry that it doesn't have to end badly. And, look, there's lots of people that I probably would say I don't like and, that yes, I've fired people and people have come and gone and done bad things, but I don't resent anyone. And in my own personal growth, I don't give to receive. I give because that's the person that I am. This is what I want in my business and this is where we're going. We're on the upward trajectory. I've got my goals. This is where we're going. Do you want to come with us or not? So I think people either vibe with that or they don't. And we have a long-term high retention of team because of the culture, because we pay well, because we care, because of the training. But I would always say to someone like, when you go into a business, what can you bring not what you can get. Everyone wants to get, 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 get. And you were scrubbing the floors, right? Yeah. I wouldn't even go and do a wee when I was like 17, 18, unless I asked the senior therapist. Yeah. They were stealing money out of the till. They were smoking on their lunch breaks. My bosses, my boss threw a phone at a mirror once and it smashed in front of me. Like really bad negative environments. And then I had amazing bosses who fed us and did all these things. So I grabbed all the good bits and I grab all the bad bits and I decipher them. And I do that as well with my parenting of my children, which we've spoken about. I take the good from my mum and dad and I leave the bad and I decipher how I want to be. Um, but I think it's a constant thing that you're working on and I'm really proud of the culture and the team and everything that we have at Skin Berry. But it takes blood, sweat, tears, seven days a week. We work 24-7. We always are on... And when you are a leader in a business, leadership is lonely. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but I always go back to my common goals and what we're working towards. And I don't hear any white noise anymore of like what other people are doing. But in the beginning, this clinic's doing this. This is, you know, everyone's yeah. popping our logo. People are calling themselves skincare. All these yeah. things that used to really like trigger me because I was so emotional. I honestly am like, they can do whatever they like because I'm so focused on what we're doing, but that's only come probably in the last three years. Yeah. And they're still very up and down hard times, but we have bigger fish to fry now. If someone's copying my logo, well. Yeah, a lawyer can deal with that. <laughs> yeah, well, they can use it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And I love that. And I think that's just a natural progression and growth of a business owner, but you've definitely owned that and gone. And it is. And But I always think like when you get to the top, it's harder to stay at the top. That's mm -hmm. what I've noticed. Me climbing up these ladders and growing businesses, I actually find it quite easy to get momentum and grow the business. But then when you get to the top, it is so damn hard, which no one knows about until they get there, to actually stay at the top because you're constantly having people coming and beating at your door trying to elevate past you. So I actually think the work actually begins when we get to the top to be staying at that level, being the desired places for people to want to train in and work with and clients to go to, which then brings on a whole set of new problems and learning experiences and challenges and yeah I had a friend the other day was um in my kitchen and he goes oh you know calms you must be on easy street now and I was just like <laughs> something like that that really bothers me I need to obviously do some work on that because yeah. I don't like anyone saying that I don't work because it triggers me for some reason because no one's helped me get where I've gotten and I said today like with you just before you know, like I work until my eyes burn. I don't think that that's healthy, but like we work 24-7 and if you want to be in business and if someone wants to go out there and be in business, like I really 
good luck and go give it a good red hot crack because you know the investing it's what's called investing for a reason but it takes time and I'm not talking about financial I'm talking about the culture that you want to build the protocols that you want to have in place the systems and I don't think that I even knew what I was getting into to some degree because you learn as you go but everything under the sun has been thrown at us and I'm confident in my abilities that yeah no one will ever be able to come and say hey you're not a hard worker we've got here by ourselves but yeah it takes constant uh improvements uh, if we need to do something better and yeah there's always a new challenge there's there's also heavy things that happens in business and especially behind the scenes as well uh and it's also very scary you know your livelihoods on the line you've got a family uh when we opened Mount Hawthorne the things that I've learned from this as well Nikki is so I just want to teach this to people like we had a huge wait list and skin fairies pumping right we want to open multiple clinics which we will do somewhere in the process of you can't just open a clinic and just hope for the best there has to be strategic numbers there has to be protocols in place. You have to have the right people. There's so many things. So for us to set up Mount Hawthorne, it took us six, seven years to get there. But for the next clinic, we're working on the behind the scenes right now for that. And it's still a little bit of a while away. But just because you're busy doesn't mean you can just open a clinic. There's so much more behind the scenes that you have to do. And does every person in your business know how to greet clients uh, cleanse a client every the systems are really important and then it will go on to the team and how are you managing the team how often are you sitting down with them do you know what's going on so we're always looking to improve and I, I always say this I said it this morning to the girls the team really are my number one priority uh, to make sure that they're up to scratch that they're okay that they've got everything they need so yeah, we definitely are learning as we go. And I really take my hat off to people that have multiple businesses, but it'll come a time and there's places now within the business that the systems take over and it's not about the people. And that's the processes that we're working on. And I mean, I failed year 10 maths. I failed human bio. I've got no other education like uni or anything like that. I studied dermal and stuff like that. But now for me, like business is really a passion of mine. And I can see definitely us having clinics and having that, but I also feel like there's something else there. Yeah. I don't know what it is, but all of this, I said, I say to myself all the time, you know, I could be doing this for 10 or 20 years, but there's, there is something else that will happen that's we're going to go with this because I would love to teach people what I know more so. I mean, you're not taught, taught about business. You're not taught, taught about money. Um, super, you were the one that really gave me the push for this. I was like, how do I tell people that are in the industry about superannuation because no one's getting paid it? So, you know, do I have to write a program and get it through the bloody state government for people to, like, learn about money? So I don't know. I definitely see big things for us. Um, And I also have come to peace that it doesn't have to all happen now. Yeah, absolutely. And I think you are such a great educator. I'm just so obsessed with the way you educate and the way you make it so relatable to people. So I really feel there's a calling there, you know, every time I've seen you on stage (laughs) or even just speaking to your team, you get people's undivided attention, which is incredibly real. (laughs) Like, you know, I see people speak all the time and I will look into the audience and people will be playing on their phones. They'll be playing with their nails. They'll be, you know, flicking things. Whereas when you speak, everyone is captivated. They literally are just eyes on you, not doing anything. So that just shows the impact you have and the authority, just your voice carries and your knowledge. So I just feel, I know you do the shadowing program and mentoring now as well, but I just, I mean, I just think you're just the most incredible educator and I'm I'm sure you're aware of the power you have when you help educate people. But, you know, in the industry, there is very few educators that have the background and experience of running clinics. Mm. And, you know, that's a big thing to say. But when I come from the hairdressing industry, people trying to teach me how to run a hairdressing salon were people that did marketing degrees. And I was like, you have no idea what it is like to be in this business every day. And you're telling me you've got a business degree and you're telling me how to run my business? Go away. (laughs) So when I opened Skin Fairy because it grew at such a substantial rate so quickly and I had one session with a lady that I bought her protocol manual off 
but didn't even end up using it. And I remember she was wanting to know the volumes that we were doing, which I didn't feel comfortable disclosing our books or anything like that, but I told her, like, what we had done in a week. And she was like, I don't know anyone that in the beauty industry in the last five to ten years that is making that much in a week. And when she said that to me, I was already aware of that, but I was like, you've never owned a clinic that's pumping so many clients through at such a high level. Like we were just having to like chew and run as we go because we had no idea what we were doing. But, you know, I was walking the streets of Dalkeith putting drops, uh, you know, letterbox drops, 40 degree heats with Reese. My husband, you know, we put two credit cards together to start Skinberry. We almost lost our house. Like we have had, oh, my God, there are so many things, but you're not taught those things when you go into business. And I think it's best that you do learn as you go. Yeah, Um, absolutely. And you need to be careful of whose advice you take. Mm -hmm. Very much so. Be careful who you surround yourself with. I mean, I'm very careful now. My mum always said you'll you'll count your five friends on, you know, your one hand. I really can. And they're my (laughs) friends. They understand me. They're there for me. And then I have a lot of acquaintances to some degree. But I think, you know, family members, if they're negative, you need to block them out. Siblings, if they're negative, there's always going to have be people that are coming at you. And I've always had such a strong sense of self, even though I'm hard on myself, I'm capable and I believe in my abilities. But again, I've really worked hard on sheltering the negativity and I don't I don't allow it in my life and I don't like to be around it. And I'm really careful of whose advice I listen to because I'm like, are they where I want to be? And I'm again, I'm not talking financial. I'm like, are they in a loving relationship with their partner? Are they nice to their children? Are they nice to their team? I had a, um, a, a meet and greet with someone who had a business, you know, a few years ago and she referred to her team as her minions. Okay. And I was like, we're not aligned on any level and that's why you will never be financially successful but you will never be able to reach at a higher level because you're not even nice to your people like you're not better than them like who do you think you are so I'm just aware now of what people say and who's around me and I'm really thankful I've had people like Kylie I've got an amazing mentor now and amazing clients that have been there from the very beginning and then also I think being in business with your um, significant other has definitely ups and downs because you're different people, but I really value that my husband is completely different to me and we think differently. We have very defined set roles of who does what. And, um, yeah, I think we're better together as a team, but I am the driving force of the business and the main decision maker, and that also comes at a heavy price because you can make really good mistakes. <laughs> the winning or learning we were told the other day the winning or learning so yes. that is such a good quote you're winning or you're learning there's nothing in between <laughs> that is so good and so if someone was starting a business today what would you recommend for them to do to build a business the first thing I would say is lock down your socials because all of these things can be free Don't announce your business name until you've locked it down on social media. Uh, Get your TikToks, get your Facebooks, get your um, Instagram, uh, your email handles, all of those things, even if it's um, skybluebeauty at hotmail.com. I don't know. We learned very bad mistakes with um, that, really great lessons that cost us lots of money and legal fees uh, and we had our URLs stolen from us when we were first in business and I didn't even know what a website was or how to build one. And when I went to build one, someone had bought it and then it took me seven years to get it back and it was horrific. And I I tell everyone that I mentor and I just say to people, like, if you have a business idea, I would say the first thing is lock your socials down. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And the second thing, people always talk about money, right? But you usually don't have money. And I mean, we put credit cards together, so I wouldn't rely on money from family. I wouldn't rely on money um, in the bank. You're going to have to just put everything at it and hope that it sticks. But um, we had no other option. Like it was sink or swim for us and we almost lost our little house because we couldn't afford the repayments because my husband was on like $18 an hour, just had only just finished uni, had a huge hex debt. And, um, yeah, we just had to literally just work really hard and long hours and just really hope for the best. But, yeah, if you can lock down your socials, that's the first thing. Yes, money, another. 
those are the things that come to mind. Yeah. Because you're just going to have to really, look, you're just going to have to get the shit kicked out of you and learn the hard ways and they're always the best, really. If someone gives you a lot of support, you know, lean on them and you just learn as you go. I always found I'm very decisive when I look at myself now or or that time ago. If something wasn't working, I would change it. Yeah. Someone wasn't working, I'd change it. I wouldn't say stuck. I'd be like, okay, this isn't working. So when I bought uh, Chelsea's Skin Clinic, it was an existing beauty salon for 30 years or something. And then I came in as the skin fairy, um, you know, wanting to do skin and I had to phase out beauty. And do, do you think that the clientele of 30 years were nice to me? I mean, I was 25 calling my parents, like, what have I done? I've got no money. We're going to lose our house. And these Western suburbs ladies that are not my clients, uh, yelling and abusing me. I mean, they were really scary times. When you're 25 and you have to stand up in front of your team to a 50, 60-year-old lady that's having a go at you in reception because you're no longer doing pedicures. Yeah. They're really defining moments and, you know, you feel sick and you're shaking and it's hard. You know, everyone's been through those times, but uh, I would just say you just have to stick to your goals and you can still, you can really overcome anything and work through anything. And we've been through it all, I feel. I'm like, yeah. oh my God, what's next? I'm Absolutely. <laughs> and you're such a questioner, like I am. I think that's, we have that in common. We go, well, why can't you do that? Well, how are we going to do that? And well, I'll go and figure that out. Like it's a very yeah. much a growth mindset. And like I know you ask as many questions as I do, which can yeah. be exhausting, but that's how we learn so much about things we never knew anything about. And then we keep what we learn and then we transfer that and then we'll try something else. And if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. We just move forward and keep going. So I feel like there's a lot of fear out there at the moment about risk-taking and embracing challenges and pushing forward. But I think we're both classic examples of where, yeah, we've had epic failures. I know I have and I've had yeah. many money loss yeah but you know what we're still here fighting on and you know money no one for business yeah absolutely so <laughs> so absolutely kids later husbands oh, you know, I just, or husband I should say we've both only got one husband <laughs> but yeah I think that's the advice probably for others as well is you know you're going to make mistakes that's how yeah. we learn don't be afraid yeah. to make them yeah and there's no like there's no right or wrong. Like you have to just go with your gut. I have a really strong gut. I follow it and I I I go hard. If I don't feel it, it starts straight away. Like if you've got someone in your business and they're not right, you're going to tell yourself. If you've made the wrong decision, it's going to tell yourself. When I walked into Mount Hawthorne, the clinic, which was a 20-year-old Pilates studio, I was like, this is disgusting and this is the next skin fairy. This is awesome. Like you feel it and I think you should go with that and people ignore that and you should harness that because that's like your little guiding angel telling you and guiding you. Absolutely. I love that. So we're going to finish off with three questions to me. I can't wait to hear them because Carmen knows you pretty well. So fire away. Uh, I want to know what you think about the current trend of businesses uh, making fun of their clientele and how, you know, it seems to be on brand and, you know, you've got doctors, lawyers, teachers speaking in, you know, following the trends of it being funny to rip on clientele and do you have the same view as me that it's, you know, cringeworthy? Because the clients are sacred to us. They're the reason why we're in business. And I'm like, is anyone else out there thinking that this is, yeah. I could never, ever do that to a client in either of the businesses I've built. I just think it's so unprofessional. And um, it says more about the business owner. They're seeking attention and they're using their clients for attention. So that tells me that business owner is pretty damn insecure that they will throw their clients under the bus or in a public domain just to get publicity or PR or, you know, some more likes or some more comments at their client's expense with no regard for the customer or client. I just think it's just completely unethical and unprofessional. Like our, our clients save to come here. They put their treatments on credit. They travel for so far. Like they're people's mums and people. I never, I'm going to forget that. I'm never, that's never going to go away. Like that's someone's mum. Look, there's good and bad clients, right? I get that. But 
can we not diss our clients on social media? Can we just talk about how much of a poo-poo trend this is? Yeah. Every time I see it, I'm like, oh, dear, that's not on brand for us. Yucky, yucky. I love our clients and I'm grateful that they come to us. And I think when we um, work with you on a PR campaign, I kind of said to Carmen, who are some of your top clients that people might know of? And you were like, we won't discuss them. They're, you know, you were like, we're not using them. And I mean, obviously I had some insight to who they were and I was like, Carmen, these people are incredible. They are, some of them are globally recognized. Can we not use them to go to the media and say, these people come here? And you were just absolutely not. It was not negotiable. And I couldn't have respected you more for calling that out and saying, no, these people are private clients. They potentially are not comfortable going out and being um, used in a PR capacity. So we just left that alone. And I think that was a really good testament to you and your loyalty to your clients. Like what we're talking about, you were never going to use them to actually grow the Skin Fairy brand. That's just, it would not have been ethical or something you would ever do. We just have really cemented our reputation in the industry and in Perth especially. And that goes back to confidentiality and protecting our clients and our results and our customer service and the professionalism will speak words and noise and if people come to us that are well-known, I mean, there's lots of celebrities that have flown in and out of Perth and I can tell you right now they've come to Skin Fairy but it was their private time that they came and it's not for everyone to know and um, we don't need to share it. It's, it's private and we protect our clients. Yeah, I love that. And so do you have any more questions for me? What do you think about TikTok? Yeah, that's a really interesting one. I'm on it having fun. Um, I'm finding it a lot less, um, there's no burden on it. I don't feel like I have to show up. I don't feel like I have to use hashtags. I don't have to overthink anything. I literally will get on there, share for one minute, post it, walk away, and then not look at it for another 24 hours. And I come back and I've got new followers. So I'm like, this is actually fun. It reminds me of what Instagram was like when we all started on it. Have you ever had a break from Instagram? Because I won't be announcing it, but this year I actually will be having time off the grid, time away um, from the business. This is the first time that we'll ever have done this. I'm already can't sleep at night thinking about it, but because it's attached to me, you'll be the same. Have you had time off social media? If so, how long? And I know that it's not going to explode. I mean, or something drastic is going to happen. But I will be walking away from social media for quite a while this year and I'm not going to be active on it because I do post. The clinic will be going. Yep. Mine's just going to I did it about, oh, I only did it about two months ago. I actually announced I was taking a break for, I just didn't say, I said I'll be back April some point and this was um, obviously in March. And I got so many people messaging me going, are you okay? I'm really concerned about you. And I'm like, no, I'm actually in an amazing place. I am just cannot be bothered with it right now. I am done. And I need to give myself space to think about what I want, where I want to go with the business. And, you know, it's just, I noticed how much it was consuming me. And I felt like at the moment, you know, I can't grow my account. It's not getting bigger, all those kind of things. And it was really starting to impact me. So I was like, you know what? I don't need this. My business is established. I'm just going to go off it. And I went off it for about two, two and a half weeks, nearly three weeks. And in that time, I rebranded. I created a new online course. I, you know, spent more time with my team. It was amazing. And so it's definitely an addiction. I get addicted to it. But the thing that concerned me the most was it was almost like it was a sign I wasn't doing well if I got off it. Like when I got off it, people's reactions surprised me because I wasn't getting off it for any mental health reason or any, I was getting off it because I had other things I needed to be doing and that was wasting my time basically. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, thank you for your honesty because it's just, I, if you run your personal Instagram, you can relate and yeah, it's your other full-time job. It's been my other full-time job for many, many years and I've never had a break more than three or four days, I think. But this year I will be going offline and um, just being calm and really um, and being mummy and, yeah, going to step away from the business as well. So Wow, that's yeah. a big thing. Very yeah. impressive. Yeah. We just, I think that it's time to have a break, whether that's two weeks, whether that's a month. We've never done it before. Um, and I think we push so much for it with our team. We need to push for it with ourselves. Yeah. And it's at a place that it can happen. So we'll see how we go. 
Yeah, it, uh, it's one of the best things I ever do, did and I think I will implement it every year going forward. That, and, you know, every January I jump off for three or four weeks but everyone yeah. else is out so it's, no one notices. But um, I think doing it like when I did it, I just felt like I was not enjoying it anymore and I was like this is just it's a burden again to me so I jumped off and it, it was really the clarity that I come away with from it was just incredible. So, yeah, absolutely recommend it. It is hard. I was still on there watching other people. I just wasn't um, sharing with me. Um, <laughs> Are you going a full detox? Are you just going to completely get off it? Yeah, I spoke to our accounting team actually before on Zoom, before this was the meeting before you today. And uh, I was speaking to Dave, who's our head accountant, and he was like, come, you know, a lot of people in the last two years, COVID, running businesses and running big businesses, they've all had a break to some degree. And, you know, it actually is okay to, to have a break uh, and, he was really reassuring and quite shocked at what I had said, but I was like, I'm not going to announce it, but I've announced it to you, but I wonder what the response will, will be. Uh, My team knows the girls know. So if the clients ask, they'll know. I think it's just the concern people feel like something's wrong. And I put this email out to saying, look, I've decided to have a break. There is nothing wrong. I'm completely fine. Um, Just letting you know, my team's all here, but I'm just taking a step to spend with my family and all the rest of it. Oh my God, I have never had so many openings of an email and so many responses. It took me hours and hours to go back to it. I clicked in on you. Yeah, you did. Yeah. So that's that, I guess. Pregnant. Yeah. She's trying to hide for a girl. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, not pregnant. No, no, no. It's still here. And you know, that was the really surprising. It actually showed me how many people cared. It was really beautiful. But at the same time, I was like, wow. Now we've got in a society where if people don't are stepped off social media, everyone thinks there's something wrong. Yeah, yeah. Like that was a bit. Yes, part of what you do. It's part of yeah. Our following has not grown over the last couple of years past 50,000 followers, but the engagement and the stories, everything is so high, the DMs, you know, it's it's a full it's a full-blown machine. And I spend an hour a day replying to DMs and I think it takes a lot from a person to do that. And it's draining. And to be on all the time, like, you know, and this I guess is my new outlet. Like I love this podcasting. I love sharing people's stories. I love looking face to face with people. And obviously so far there have been people I know. So I encourage them to share the things that they've had an impact on me with that I know what impact others so I think what I ended up doing because that's what happened I actually stopped and then I started batch recording I got off Instagram and I started batch recording podcasts and I just love this so much more and you know if 10 people listen to it I'm happy if thousands listen to it that's amazing and you know Instagram is not the only medium for you to for anyone to have a platform there are so many other platforms like we're saying TikTok and blogging and all sorts of things that I feel we've all just got so addicted to Instagram but instead yeah. of opening our eyes and going, well, maybe I could do a podcast and people will listen to me there or maybe yeah. I can host webinars or masterclasses or something. So, yeah, I think it's a really good thing and I'm really proud you're going to do it. And I'm sure like me, you'll get addicted to just clocking off. It was good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm allowed to do it. It's time. Absolutely. Do you have one last question for me? Um, I think I don't. I think yeah. that's it. We have covered so much today. <laughs> I've got one last one for you. So what does the future of the Skin Fairy look like? Well, you'll definitely see more clinics. Uh, We're working very hard on that. It doesn't happen overnight. Uh, But, yeah, you'll definitely see more Skin Fairy clinics uh, and we will be taking our uh, shadowing program uh, interstate Mm -hmm. uh, and I'm going to be doing sessions with teams in – Adelaide, Melbourne and Sydney throughout the year and it would be great to take it international but that's not my goal right now. Uh, but I definitely want to get to America because the the following that we have over there is huge and they just have such a thirst for education. So I know that we could go over there, maybe take a couple of my skin berries, wow. fly us business class or something, make yeah. my husband sweat. Amazing. <laughs> Absolutely. All the way. Now that is a good work trip. <laughs> Uh, that would be a great work trip. Um, yeah, so I would say in the immediate future, yeah, you'll definitely see more skin clinics uh, that will open. And, yeah, hopefully we just continue to get amazing results for our clients, which I'm sure we will, and make, yeah, life-changing 
skin journeys happen. Yeah, amazing. So where can people find you? What's your website? What's your Instagram? And I've obviously just followed you on TikTok because I didn't even know you were on there. <laughs> uh, Gary V told me three years ago, aka the world to open uh, a TikTok account. I'm like, oh God, Gary. Okay, whatever Gary says. <laughs> we're there. Whatever Gary says. Uh, you can find me at the skin fairy underscore on Instagram and also skin fairy clinic. So my team run the clinic. I run my personal one. There's a real mixture of uh, the content that we put on there. Uh, and then you'll find our website with both of our clinic locations, www.skinfairy.com.au. Don't forget to buy your URLs before you open your <laughs> business. We've cost thousands of dollars and lots of tears. Do you know how powerful it is now for me to say skinfairy.com.au? The trauma behind that and the gratitude to have my own URL. Thank you, universe. Yeah, something we take for granted, so many of us, because we jump on, register a business name, jump on and grab your domain. But there is some sneaky people out there that might get wind of your name and actually do it to spite you potentially Um, or, you know, there is so many opportunities. And I've seen domains. One of the domains I wanted was for sale for $50,000. And I was like, oh, so I had to change my whole business name when I had a different business because I was like, I can't, I don't know if this idea is going to work. I'm not paying $50,000 for a URL. So That's what was wanted, 50 grand. Yeah. An NDA. And also wanted our their legal fees to be paid. It was oh it was it was horrendous. I would never do that to someone. And if one of my skin fairies turned around and was like, "Calms, I want to go open my own clinic." Go and do it. Okay. I wish you well. I'm not going to be buying Bring it on. <laughs> go, yeah, go and do it and give it a red hot crack and um, call me when you've got teen difficulties or you can't pay your rent or something like. Because all these things happen. But yeah, and I would never buy URL. Like, go be good and bless you. Good. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. And I think that's just uh, ending up with so much positivity and grace to see that the world is big enough for everyone to survive and do well. So thank you. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's a pleasure as always to have a conversation with the gorgeous Carmen. Thank you, Nikki. Anything for you? Thank you for listening to the Passion to Profit podcast. I hope you enjoyed the latest episode. If you loved it, it would mean the world to me if you could leave a review on Apple or Spotify and let me know your thoughts on the podcast. And don't forget that limited time offer just for my podcast listeners. Head to www.nikkimilne.com slash offer. Just discover how I can help you and let's book a discovery call and chat. Until next time, thank you again for listening to Passion to Profit podcast and all the best on your business journey.